Well, hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever it is, whatever you... I always feel like Jim Carrey when I say that. Wasn't there a movie where he always said, good morning, and if I don't see you, good afternoon and good evening, or something. Some, I kind of remember the line, but I don't Truman remember the Show, movie. I think, is what that's that, from. Right? Truman Show. So uh, so welcome to Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 36, and we are very excited about today's show because... And this, we did these segments actually last weekend uh, when we could schedule it. But we're going to be bringing you uh, two segments with a guy named Mattias Horseman. Mattias is the brand ambassador for Hendrix Gin. And he brought along the incredible hands-free gin and tonic making contraption. Now, I will say this in advance. It's not exactly as advertised it's not completely hands-free because he does turn a little crank. Ah, well. But it's hands-free in the sense of once you set it up, you don't have to do the pouring and the mixing. It does all that, of it. That has a little bit of an old-world charm to it. Well, and it's a very old-world-looking contraption. It almost looks, and I, I hate this word because people misuse it, but it almost looks like that you know that whole steampunk vibe the guys right, with the stovepipe right, right. hats and there's all these crazy levers and contraptions and that that's kind of what it looks like and it travels in this old uh very vintage looking suitcase and it's just really awesome so you guys are going to love this and uh the uh, the gin and tonics were fantastic so uh so you're going to love bonafide that. yes so that'll be coming up in the uh, second and third segment here today uh on the program and then um this week of course our, our spirit will be the hendrix gin for the uh, for the gin and tonic but this week ian uh, was responsible for bringing the beers, so Boy, I was think I. we will have a <laughs> an awesome and odd collection. Is what I'm expecting. What uh, What do you have for us today, Ian? So uh, my uh, my brother Dave, yes, uh, lives in Pennsylvania, and he oh. likes to find stuff that we can't get here. And every mm-hmm. once in a while, I get a package in the mail. So it's like uh, being in the beer of the month club with your brother. That's awesome, <laughs> it's, it's dude. Pretty, it's pretty fantastic. And he has good taste in beer, yeah. so that's also helpful. Now, do you reciprocate? Do you send him Texas beers? I haven't recently, but, yeah, but I probably it. should, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. I can think of a couple of really good ones. I feel like tried. I just got called out yeah, on that one. Yeah. Oh, oops. <laughs> so he sent me, he was so excited because he had them. Uh, he was texting me and he's like, You've got to try these. I was like, I'd love to try them. So he facilitated that okay so i uh i have a dewclaw brewery uh hell on wood that is a uh, barley wine oh of course you know i love that you're right? a barley wine dude and it yeah. actually says barley wine style ale so i okay. don't know exactly what the distinction there is but do you we'll know any, do we know anything about dewclaw where it's from don't know anything oh, about okay. dewclaw right. but we'll we can look that up we'll look uh, that very up shortly yep uh also i got ballantine uh burton ale which is an american strong ale and i, I don't know uh, if i've a, ever heard of a burton ale I, I think that's just the name of the ale i think of sir richard burton i think I think Burton is a is a as uh, a kind of uh, no one would have believed kind of Malter hops. Of I have to look century. that up too. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was doing a bad Richard Burton impression. And then I was a little a uh, little place right by my house called uh, Bohemios, which is a is a great little live music coffee mm-hmm. shop food right and they have a decent selection of beers they always have interesting beers Do they make their own beers no they don't no. make their own beers but they always have really good beers like okay. they the, the ones that you generally won't see other places interesting. that's, so that's re- their lineup they've got know? a beer dude managing yeah the somebody beer somebody yeah. there is geeky enough to really really get Love good it. stuff so uh I, there's always when i walk up there's always like three or four choices for me to go hmm i'm gonna have to try that most excellent so i ended up getting uh, a glass of the uh, uh, Milk the Venom from Brash Brewery, which is 
brilliant, by the way, and completely nice. unavailable now. Yeah, um, damn it. But while I was drinking that, I saw this uh, Lone Pint. Uh, you know Lone Pint. I love, you love Lone their, Pint. Their, their IPA, yeah. That Yellow Rose IPA is my favorite beer um, in the world. Well, they had a Lone Pint. I haven't seen anything else from Lone Pint, just to be honest with mm-hmm. you. So I, I was like, what is a Lone Pint? Wallapalooza. And so they'll get, they get these little cups. They give you a taste, you know? And I tried it. I was like, this is so different and bizarre. I have to bring this on a show. So I bought a Crowler. And for those of you who aren't familiar with a Crowler, a Crowler is a large can of beer. Right. <laughs> right. right. It's basically a growler, but it's a can it's instead in a of can. a you yeah. know instead of a traditional growler. I will admit this particular um, thing that you're doing here presents a bit of a moral dilemma for me. What's that? Well, I I have been very public about my love for the Lone Pint Brewery and their uh, Yellow Rose IPA, which I believe to be my favorite beer in the world. But I also have always sort of consciously boycotted. Anything that takes the word Lollapalooza and turns it into <laughs> something else, Palooza, with the exception of the music festival, because they did it first. But you know, uh, you know, Chevy Palooza and like uh, you know, car dealer sales right, and, right. and all these. I'm always against that because I'm like, come up with your own word, come on. <laughs> uh, so this is a moral dilemma for me, and I'm going to have to think about that between now and the time. Well, I will tell you what, I did try a sip of this beer. I tried it and I liked it enough to where I just went ahead and bought the Crowler, even though I've never had a full glass of it. You and I. So I'm sure that I can take up your slack on that. If you, you and I do both it. know the beer will win, and I will drink it. You know this. Will you <laughs> know beer. me well enough. Ian, the beer will uh, win to know this. So, uh, so we're uh, really uh, excited about uh, uh, Mattias Horseman being on the show. And these segments, I think, are, are really awesome as he runs this gin and tonic machine. And we're working. We did shoot video of it, and we'll be working to get uh, this video on the Facebook page. Which, by the way, we've been doing a lot with the Facebook page. So check it out. Check it out. As Mattias would say, uh, Facebook.com slash smoking in toasting, right? Yes. Smoking the letter, the letter in apostrophe. Yeah. Right. I think if you just no search. No apostrophe, just smoking and toasting. I think if you just search smoking and toasting on Facebook, I think it will pop yeah, up. Yeah, it should pop up. Yeah. Uh, so, and if you're not following us, please do because we're, uh, we're going to be posting all kinds of stuff. We really made a, uh, a vow to get better about the uh, uh, Facebook page than we were in the uh, sip, smoke, and savor days, the early days of the show. So You mean the. The before time. The before time, <laughs> yes. That was the before that time. That was the before time. Ian, did you smoke anything interesting this I, week? Yeah, I did. I um, Well, yes and no. I had a, a cigar that looked awesome. It was a, uh, I'll, I'll have to post a picture of it. It was a Bloodline Cigars mm. OPA Maduro. And the mm. wrapper was beautiful. The packaging was gorgeous on it. Uh, you know, it had the uh, like a silky green band at the foot and green uh, band around the um, mm-hmm. around the other end, and uh, it was really beautiful. And uh, I was at a little cigar bar, which this is a story I'll have to bring up uh, probably a little later. But uh, I was at a cigar bar in Galveston, Texas, and, uh-huh. and I had that, and they had the blood and honey on tap, which is delicious. Yes. So I was uh, enjoying those two things together, and um, the cigar started out okay, and um, about a third of the way into it, it was okay and i had to tend it a little bit to keep it burning even um in the last third of it it was okay it's interesting see this is <laughs> like it i had the i had the bad review last week and now you it wasn't the bad review. i wasn't really impressed with it and the mm-hmm. problem was i think the cigar was nine dollars wow uh, so it gets a solid three on my price to quality yeah, if not, i paid five dollars for that cigar i would have been just fine with it and but you'd for have given it a five yeah, I'd have given it a five at least, but I mean, for nine dollars, it just didn't bring it. It didn't have much. It was not bad. There was just it was kind of like uh, 
you know, kind of like fast food. It just was there, and it wasn't doing much for me. So mm. I'm sorry about that review, but uh, well, no, did you smoke anything interesting well, yeah, this week? No, and I think it's important. I, you know, uh, I want people to take it seriously when we say we really like something. And if they go, oh, <laughs> they always like everything, then then that's not, you know, that doesn't bode as well for the things that, that you know, that we really do love. Um, I had a good one. I smoked the Rocky Patel Flor de San Andreas, and it was, I'm going to tell you, a beautiful beautiful cigar it's like when you say when you say rocky patel that sets a bar at a certain well, it, level it does yeah. and and that in fact that'll play into what i tell you about this because this cigar had two things going for it as far as i'm concerned a it was a rocky patel and b on the band it has and i've posted this picture already on uh, the facebook page on the band it has day of the dead artwork nice so you knew i was going to try it i'm a sucker for anything right, day right. of the dead so uh so i went for it. it's a beautiful cigar pre-light draw very earthy very wonderful it has a dark maduro san andreas wrapper filler tobacco from two different growing regions in nicaragua and winds up being a really nice medium-bodied uh, smoke once i lit it Earthy, uh, which was what I was expecting from the from the prelight uh, aroma, uh, notes of espresso and chocolate, and then about a third of the way in, here came the pepper. And now I like the pepper. Uh, I like the spicier cigars. I think a little more than you do. I, I like the pepper flavor, and that kept working through the entire smoke. And it was, I thought, really, really good. Not as complex as some of Rocky's other blends. But not quite as expensive either. Uh, down, down, right, right. Downright enjoyable, though. Uh, the draw and construction were near perfect. I never had to relight it. Didn't have to tend it. Uh, overall, very good. I will say I do like some of Rocky's other cigar lines a bit better, but yeah, not by much. Their decade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the decade's yeah, terrific. And and the 1990 and the 1992, 1992 they're yeah, both just terrific. Absolutely. And I, I love them both. Um, priced quality. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Because it's a seven to eight dollar cigar, but here's the thing: I got this one on special for five fifty. Oh. Uh, so at five fifty, I give it a seven. Uh, I, I really would. Uh, it's 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 that it's that good at that price. If it's an eight dollar cigar, yeah, I give it a you know, I give it a slightly better than average uh, rate. Right, right. So like a five five and a half. So. And those of you who aren't familiar with our price to quality scale, five. Five means is, good. Is you get exactly what you pay for, and exactly. it's great. So if you get to five and a half, means you're getting slightly more. More cigar for your money kind than, of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what did you give the uh, the cigar you smoked? A, a three. Four? A three. So that means a couple of notches less yeah, than what you not, paid for Not it. for what I paid for it. Yeah, you I, know, if, I love if it. If I'd have paid five, it would have gotten a five. So Mattias Horseman coming up with the hands-free gin and tonic making contraption. That's coming up next. We also have uh, the beers to sample that, uh, that Ian brought in, and there's a couple of very interesting stories in the news this week, including the the uh, um, New York Giants football player who smoked a cigar and was immediately drug tested. So I'll tell you about that and why that happened. Uh, plus, Omission Brewing has launched a 99-calorie craft light beer. Really? Yeah. So I want to tell you the details on that. And uh, we've never finished the 25 craft beers you must try list. So I want to get to more of that too uh, coming up. It's smoking and Toasting. We are so glad you are listening. And we'll be right back with Mattias Horseman from this last weekend.
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's the uh, radio program that is all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we have a special guest uh, with us today, uh, and he is from Hendrix Gin, Mattias Horseman. Mattias, I'm saying your name right, aren't you I? You are indeed, sir. All Thank right. you very well, much. Welcome to the show. It's so I nice to have you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so first of all, I have to say, uh, there's there's so much to talk about. Uh, Mattias is with Hendrix Gin, and we're excited because we have been wanting to do a really good gin segment on the show for a while now. So uh, I was uh, doing some research and discovered, well, we're in we're in good hands because Hendrix apparently uh, is uh, not only you know one of the hottest gins out there, but was I was reading that it was named uh, by the Wall Street Journal uh, a few years back uh, the best tasting gin in the world. Is that true? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think it is artistry in a bottle. Uh, right. And everybody, you know, art is one of those things. That everybody comes together and has an, their own interpretation of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I personally agree with that statement completely. I think that's great. But um, the diversity of gins out there is what I really love these days. It's gone from in 2000 when there was like six or seven gins on the market majorly available to now there's like over 350 gins available. And well- it didn't Hendrix almost like kick off that trend though of the more modern, yeah. you know, interpretations of gin? Is that right? Yes, we were kind of like the one of the first people to really kind of go with the crazy idea of using two different stills uh, and then combining our wonderful cucumber and rose essence that we infuse our gin with. Okay, so explain the still thing to me because th- there are two different stills and they're both old and very small. Is that right? Yes, indeed. Uh, so the William Grant family actually bought them in uh, in the 1960s uh, and they came around and they said, all right, we're going to buy these. We don't know what we're going to do with them yet, but we bought them down at auction in London uh, from a gin distillery called Taplow's Gin. Now, from there, they kind of laid dormant, waiting for the magic <laughs> to happen, kind of building within them. And one day, uh, the William Grant family got with Leslie Gracie, who is our master distiller, and she is one of the most amazing people, if you ever have the pleasure of meeting, uh, will always stick with you, a little piece in your heart. She has a floor-length ponytail, and as she wanders around the lab, uh, she kind of like sways. Sways and, and sweeps the floor. And yeah, <laughs> and so we wanted to make a very British-style gin, and obviously we had these two amazing stills. So, uh, in essence, um, when you make gin, using all the botanicals, there's different ways to do it. So we use a Carter head still, which is... Uh, Imagine like a sauna, right? It's kind of all the botanicals sit in their flavor basket up and at the top. And it steams. And, and it's sort of, as, as the vapor gets, the, as the, mm-hmm. the neutral grain spirit gets distilled, it kind of passes over and gently takes out all of those uh, flavors from the essential oils and the, and the citrus peels and all of the herbs and you know, spices that we mm-hmm. have in there. The other one is the Bennett still. Uh, Bennett still is actually the oldest one. It's from 1860. And uh, in the Bennett still, we put all of the botanicals into the actual still and we let it macerate overnight. And then we slowly heat it up like that beautiful jacuzzi that we all love in the winter months. I'm from mm-hmm. Chicago, so we appreciate that. <laughs> not um, originally. Not originally, so. of course, yeah. How did you know my accent was from South Georgia? <laughs> I spent some yeah. time in Chicago. I, I, I know the Chicago accent. So. Yeah, Southern England, but not Southern America. Um, so, yeah, then uh, and then they, they steep it all morning. We turn it up slowly, and then that's where the flavor really gets in there. So you have one still, the Carter head, that's kind of mm-hmm. giving these wonderful light citrus notes, and then the other still, which is kind of you know, developing these spicy, beautiful, deep notes. So you wind up with these two separate uh, and very different tasting yeah. uh, uh, we do, gins, right? We do deconstruction events for, uh, for the trade around the country, and it's phenomenal to taste both spirits next to each other. So in essence, both spirits are just a London dry style gin, mm-hmm. fully London dry. Right. And then we combine them together, and then we actually vacuum, they vacuum distill cucumbers and roses uh, in a flavor house to basically give us that wonderful cucumber and rose essence that we love in Hendrix Gin. And so we add that to both of the stills combined 
and we have a wonderful the wonderful production that's in this bottle. How do you make enough? Like, I mean, it's not like it's not like you see Hendrix gin everywhere. Yeah, but you can find it, you know, easily enough if you know, if you know the right places to look. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. I don't know how you keep up with the demand with you know, the, with the a, stills that small. Leslie Gracie is a miracle worker. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, no, she. They have. Uh, we have one stillman and two apprentices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just Alan for a long time, but then when he needed a day off, we needed an apprentice, and obviously he takes a day off too every now and then. So we yeah. have uh, three, uh, like the three-man team that makes that happen. So wow. it's pretty fun. That's very cool. So they must keep it going pretty much all the time. Though. Oh yeah, every day. <laughs> That's great. Also, want to speak to the bottle because this when. When Hendrix Gin came out, this bottle looks very different Absolutely. than the traditional sort of gin bottle. But it is it is a traditional looking bottle, but in a completely uh, different way. Um, I think the word is apothecary. Is that right? Yeah, it's the an style all, like alchemic sort of uh, that you used to keep sort of tinctures and, and like spirits in, so it would preserve right. them from the sunlight because it's a dark bottle. It's dark a dark glass. bottle. It's it's got really straight sort of lines to it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's actually a very attractive bottle. But what it says to me as a consumer is, oh, these guys are serious. Like you know what I mean? Like it does. It's not it's not frilly. It's not like, but it's just like, uh, yeah. We like to take people on a journey in Hendrix. I think with yeah. anything from our events, if you've ever been to one of them, and I think you can judge by this crazy contraption <laughs> we have here, um, we do go a little overboard when it comes to that. And it's actually it's perfect because we bring people into our brand world. So we want to talk about this uh, coming up, and I'm going to have you use it in the next uh, segment. But uh, this is a hands free. Uh, gin and tonic making machine, correct? Yes, it can either be powered by by me turning this wheel or a small hamster for a long time. <laughs> Which do you prefer? I prefer. I to be honest. I think this is actually cool. Joey was my first pet. He kind of got a little tired after a while, so <laughs> so it's better to it's okay, better. Yeah. To He's enjoying his life in the, in the. You're also wearing something interesting that I noticed when uh, I first uh, met you outside the studio. Is you have. Um, a, a, it looks like a teacup, but it's a gin cup, right? It, it's it, actually, it is a teacup. It is yeah. an actual it's a, teacup. But it's a very special teacup. This is my traveling partner. Uh, his, his name is the Curiosity Cup. Okay. And the Curiosity Cup, well, he actually has his own Instagram page now. Mm. So if you're on Instagram, you should look up Curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah, Curiosity Cup. Okay. Uh, Curiosity yeah, And you can find that through me at MD Horseman, but... This but is, uh, a lot of people yeah. drink gin out of these kind of cups, though, right? You know, is I think it? it's an old school summer style punch. I think it actually comes from, you know, if you go around your grandmother's house in the summer and you're sitting in the garden and she sort of makes like a, a lemonade and she might put a little gin in there for the mm-hmm. family, you mm-hmm. know, it'd be a little fun. And obviously she has collected over the years a wonderful set of china. And so she might just bring it oh, out okay. and put it in. It would, it would all be mismatched and, you know, you'd all cheers and it'd be dainty and it was lovely. But we kind of make these a little sturdier. Okay. Well, see, that's kind of like I had an uncle that always had a cup of coffee in his hand. Only I was, you know, 12 or 13 before I realized that's not coffee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, was his name Joe? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what, what I was going to say about this uh, Curiosity Cup is that you had it strapped to your side in a holster. And when yeah. I say holster... It's like a gun holster, except it's shaped for the cup with the, the snap on it and everything. So you yeah. can either walk around snapped or unsnapped, depending on how quickly you need to draw the cup. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, TSA love me when I go through the airport. With it. They do. I've never, I've never, I never thought that I would be known by the TSA, but now I walk through and they're like, "Yo, teacup, what's up?" Buddy? Like, <laughs> That's great. I'm like, I love Chicago. So where did you get? Uh, a holster like that. Uh, there's a guy in Albuquerque, New Mexico, actually, who uh, he makes them, and he is phenomenal. Uh, he's a really great leather worker. I actually got some uh, 
uh, flask holsters for underneath my suit jacket oh, made from him nice. as well. So I have two flask holsters that I wear. That's very nice. Now, um, it is, of course, uh, you know, right at the onset of spring. You're here for you're here perfect weather. In fact, let's mention, and by the time this airs, this event will already be passed. But you're at a big event in Sugarland, uh, Texas today. Yeah, Sugarland right? Food and Wine. Uh, so, so you're taking this contraption, this gin uh, making, uh, gin and tonic making machine, and you'll be there making gin and tonics, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we so, had um, we had last night. We had the wonderful. It was the grand tasting for Sugarland Food and Wine. Mm-hmm. And we poured, we had a wonderful Hendrix Emporium set up in the corner. We had oh, a bartender nice. competition for some of the best bartenders in Houston. Uh, it was called the, uh, sort of the Welcome to the Voyage into the Unusual. And it nice. was absolutely fantastic. Uh, they really did a good job. We threw some curveballs in there, and they, they coped with them pretty well. <laughs> now, we, let's talk about uh, different, because summer cocktails, I mean, gin is perfect for summer cocktails, because it's got that more refreshing vibe to it. It's not as heavy. Uh, tell us, you want to throw a couple of summer cocktails our way before yeah, we get absolutely. started? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things for Hendrix, uh, especially in the summer, how I used to drink it was just, you know, Hendrix and lemonade, man. Like, it's so good with the cucumber slice in there, mm-hmm. too. Oh, it's just magical when you're you sitting outside. A particular kind of lemonade? Oh, you want fresh, lemonade always with sugar fresh. in it and fresh Always squeezed. fresh. Yeah. you got to fresh squeeze those lemons. There's nothing like it. Fresh mm-hmm. cut that cucumber like we just did a minute ago mm-hmm. for this. Uh, and then, you know, just a, a, little bit of, a little bit of sugar if you like it in there. Uh, and then some, obviously, Hendrix gin, which is infused with Hendrix, uh, with uh, cucumber with and cucumber rose. cucumber and rose, yeah. So it makes that summer vibe just all the more appealing. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What, what else is, uh, is good for summer cocktails? Uh, there's so many out there. I tried one the other day in Chicago. Oh, this was magical. Um, so a bartender, Carly Gaskin at Bad Hunter, made me a mint a julep, but we called it a mint tulip in the end. Because it's more floral. Because it's more. It's floral with Hendrix, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. slightly different than the julep. But it was with uh, Hendrix gin, and then Ancho Verde is a... Uh, is a is a poblano chili liqueur from Mexico. Oh, um, nice! And it's it was just the most phenomenal addition of that. Uh, so both was of it those spicy? Together, a li- uh, just uh, just a little bit, but spice actually just helps carry flavor through the palate. So right. it was beautiful. We had a bit of kiwi pineapple syrup in there and some honey. Oh, it was unbelievable! Wow, I'll be drinking that a lot this summer for so, sure. So let me ask you this question then: How long have you been doing this with Hendrix? Uh, with Hendrix, actually, I'm relatively new. I kind of started in November, uh, October of last year. Okay, so are you? <laughs> What would happen to me if I were to take the job that that you took is I would in the first few months I would be like a kid in a candy store, you know, like like how do you do it? Like how do you stay on the road and drink these cocktails and you know like keep it together? I mean, like, you, do, yeah, you like, don't look hungover, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I thank you so morning. much. That's so kind of you. <laughs> uh, I don't feel hungover either. Actually, I, I'd say just like when you make cocktails, it's yeah. about balance. Uh, yes. You have to find this balance in your life. You know, I, I do a lot of sports and yoga and stuff. And in mm-hmm. summer, I get out on the beach and volleyball, and I actually play squash a lot. So. Yeah, the, it's a healthy balance between everything, but uh, everything in moderation, right? Yes, absolutely. Including moderation. Including moderation, that's right. That's right. So how did you get started with Hendrix? Uh, Hendrix, I, I used to run the beverage program for Chef's Club by Food & Wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so actually, it's nice to kind of be back with Food & Wine a little bit this weekend. Oh, wow. And so through that, you know, I used to, I knew the guys from William Grant & Sons and Hendrix Gin, and it, I slowly formed an amazing relationship. And I knew three years ago when I moved to the States, I said my goal eventually is to work for William Grant. Really? Uh, yeah, I knew, I knew and exactly. You, and, and then you I, walked right, and three years later, right to I it. managed to get there. And, you know, it's it's all about the people. I, I couldn't have done it without all the people I've worked with over the years. It's, it so, genuinely is phenomenal. So you genuinely are a fan of the product then. It's not just yeah. uh, it's not just that that it's the job, but you're yeah. you're a fan of the gin itself. When I first started looking into cocktails and I went on HendrixGin.com, 
Oh, I saw the cocktails and I was like, this is it. This is the brand I want to work for. I do love the website, by the way. So we'll talk about that. And uh, then I want to see this actual uh, contraption. I, it's, it has to be called a contraption. You have to call it that because that's what it is. There we go. Uh, we'll see it in action. And uh, we'll take some video of this for the website next, of course. Uh, you are listening to Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. This is a segment that we put together uh, so we could spend uh, just a little bit of time with Mattias Horseman. Mattias is with um, Hendrix Gin, and so we've been talking Hendrix Gin, and we've been talking his amazing Hendrix Gin contraption that is the uh, one, what, you call it a one-touch, a hands-free is the right word, right? Hands-free uh, yeah, gin and tonic so, making yeah. machine, yeah. Something so, to make your life just that much more special. I uh, love it. This would be the focal point of any party. Like, seriously. You know, if you're over there doing that, people are going to have to come crowd around and see this and know what it's all yeah. about. Our West Coast ambassador, Mark, started sort of like spearheaded this project. Um, and there's actually another one that we have, which is a Negroni. It's an unusual cocktail configurator. And mm-hmm. it makes a Negroni. Uh, and it's about mm. five feet tall. Um, we pull, You pull <laughs> levers. And all the things pour in, and it pulls through the ice, stirs it, and then finishes, wow. finishes, wow. finishes, finishes in the glass. So the whole levers and gears thing, uh, there's a there's a style, and the word escapes me what what this actually is, but uh, some people might describe it as steampunk, but I don't think that's that's actually the the right word. But this whole sort of vibe does carry through to your website, which is fascinating, by Absolutely, the way, the yeah. Gen, uh, website. And you can uh, there's there's stuff on there that's not even about gin. It's just stories about unusual things, which it was really fascinating yeah, to I think uh, to read. You know, yeah, the wonderful world of spirits combines so many different aspects of, of our lives, mm-hmm. um, and that's mm-hmm. one thing we want to e- emphasize with Hendrix too. Is there's there's a whole world out there of fun things to know. Now, I wanted to ask you a question. We talked a little bit about cocktails. Um, I uh, every year I try to learn how to make uh, one cocktail really really well like well enough so that you know if you have people over and you make it everybody's mm-hmm. going wow this is really great you know that's that's the type of thing rather than make a lot of cocktails a little bit you know i, I want to make one or two really really well so i try to add a different one each year and one of the first things that i learned to do was to make a really good martini mm. but i am a vodka martini person so talk to me about why i should be venturing into gin for uh, martinis no that's a, that's a very good point um I you know I love vodka. I was a bartender for a long time. Vodka mm-hmm. is an, it makes an amazing cocktail because of that fact. You can mm-hmm. do um, do a lot of things a lo- you can do a lot of things it. with yeah. it because there's no you know there is there is some flavor to vodka for sure. You know we're not going to argue that by any mm-hmm. means. But um, obviously when it comes to gin, we're basically taking a neutral grain spirit just like vodka is. You know and you're infusing it. Yeah, and we're infusing it with these other flavors. So master distillers when it comes to gin are basically artists painting a beautiful picture or they're giving you like this palette to work with as a bartender mm-hmm. of wonderful colors. And so each different distiller will give you different colors to work with and you can create different masterpieces with those gins. That's, that's a really good way of looking at it. Whereas vodka, it's more about what you do to the vodka after you pour it. 
the gin is really more about what the distiller has done. Absolutely. More like, a, say, a, good, a great scotch whiskey or something like that, right? Oh, God, I love a good scotch whiskey. <laughs> hey, you and I have got I love hang. anything from Scotland. Obviously, <laughs> Hendrix is actually yes. from southwest Scotland. It is from southwest Scotland. A little yes. town called Given that time sort of forgot, but William Grant's kept this little town alive. I love it. I love it. And this machine could keep, like, cocktails alive. I, I'm, I'm convinced. This is, this is a great contraption. I really think it's time... For you to come over and make a uh, a gin and tonic with yeah, this thing. Absolutely. So this is uh, we're gonna uh, do me a favor, turn that microphone around, just just twist it a little towards us. There you go, perfect. And then we, <laughs> we can. Uh, so I'm gonna try to describe this, and we are posting video of this, so you'll be able to see this. And you really should, by the way, see the video of this. But uh, this is a it's a gears and levers type machine. And it's in an uh, old uh, sort of a vintage uh, suitcase, and it's been retrofitted a little bit. It's got you know a bottom and sides to it, so yeah, you have to kind of have it in a suitcase so that you can take it to parties. Right, right of course, yes. So you, yeah, you wouldn't want to be lugging this around under your arm just all by itself. So it's got a bottle of Hendrix Gin on one side, a bottle of tonic on the other, cucumbers in a special cucumber dispenser in the middle, and he just turns the crank, boom, it drops the cucumber slice. And uh, he's used his uh, his uh, curiosity cup here uh, to make, and it's just like it's just like that. Boom! It's done. Yeah, well, I'm. now I don't know if this was an invention the world really needed. Like I don't know if anyone was standing around saying, "Wow, it's so hard to make a really good gin and tonic," because uh, I bet you could have just gone boom, 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 and made one just as good, but. I will say, this may not have been an invention the world needed, but the world is richer for having it. You know, sometimes the best things in life are the least expected. That's exactly my point. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm and saying. And if you are watching this video at home, I did make cocktails for everybody before. I didn't just yeah. take that one for myself. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say that we were already <laughs> sipping on the ones that he'd made, but uh, uh, but that's that's terrific. So. Where did the idea come from for the machine? Was so, it, yeah, was Mark started our West Coast ambassador sort of spearheaded these projects. Um, and, you know, the whole brand team obviously gets together and they really – it's a family. It really mm-hmm. is. Because um, you're a fairly guy. small organization, right? Well, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's four, uh, four of us as national ambassadors in the U.S. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we have Mark started on the West Coast. We have uh, Eric Anderson in the Northeast. And then we have Fred Parent down in the Southeast. And then I cover Central South. Okay. So you're, uh, you guys got together and somebody had the brilliant idea – to put contraptions together, which would help you uh, make And these we're actually and coming out with a couple more interesting ones this ah. year that you'll probably see on social media running around I the country. Love it. It should I be love fun, it. but I can't say anymore. It's a cucumber secret. Now, is this the type of thing where you guys will switch off so you'll have... You'll have this one for a while, and then you might have a different one. Somebody else will run with so this one. So obviously, this is a very special machine, and the and the plans for it and the details mm-hmm. are so prized and uh, secret. But we uh, <laughs> we do have we have a, we made a couple just for the country, so we kind of can ship a couple around. Right, yeah, that's just good. Obviously, for events, that's there's obviously good. some that overlap, but there's only a couple. So you might make a couple of the new machines, and then you might get to run around oh, with one I of those. I think actually, the new machine is only going to be one, and oh. it's very grand. Oh wow! So when you say grand, bigger than this one, then. Oh, yes. I'd, I would say very much bigger. <laughs> what I love about the whole vibe of Hendrix Gin is this sort of like mystery, this vibe of mystery that you sort of uh, keep around, where it's not, you know, when I when I look at the website, for example, I think of uh, this alchemy and inexact science that creates this finely uh, tuned up spirit of, of Hendrix Gin. Uh, it's... It's a cool vibe you guys have. I really like it. I appreciate it. it. Yeah, it's, a, it's fun. And it's fun to embody that, too. You know, uh, they really do. Mentioned this at the v- uh, very beginning of our of our talk, but 
isn't it true that Hendrix has kind of rekindled the whole gin thing? I mean, gin yeah. is blowing up right now, particularly premium gins, right? You know, if you think about how gin was going back in 2000 when we launched, there was only a couple of gins majorly available on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we came in and we sort of like, you know, did the whole the adding the sort of um, this wonderful new new style floral element to mm-hmm. it. And so out of that box, gin was here and we were out here. Right. Now gin is all the way out here. It's, it's a big gr- circle. Grown way around everything, you, yes. And people still think that we're way out here. <laughs> but if you actually taste Hendrix in comparison to a lot of these new gins that are coming out, we're still right here. Like, you kind know what right. I mean? We yeah. have this wonderful ability to be used in most cocktails because of the fact that we're doing the two different stills. Right. And we have that cucumber. We have the floral notes. We have the deep spice. And, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we, uh, Leslie Gracie, seriously, we've always said we would never release anything else until um, it would spearhead the market. So that would be my next question is, would you ever consider, now that the market has kind of moved around you, would you ever consider going, okay, now here's something new from Hendrix that is over here where people sort of think we are? I think that when Leslie Gracie decides it's time to release something, I would hoard as many bottles as I could possibly find. <laughs> and I'm very excited See, the, for whatever's going to happen. It's the mystery. I'm yeah. telling you, it's the mystery. You guys are really good with that. Um, I, I think that um, I, I love this approach, though, that you're so focused on just what this is. And if you do something else, it's going to be because you've got this this person who is central to this. It's not. It, it's sort of the opposite of the you know, sort of big company assembly line uh, uh, thinking. It's it's really about a craftsperson and uh, them them really wanting to create something special. And then, okay, how do you take that to market? You know? so, so in Hendrix, the, all the botanicals come together as a well-rounded feel. Mm-hmm. And that's how Leslie's designed it. And that's how that we try and embody it in cocktails. And so as a brand and as a company too, you know, and as a family of ambassadors, we try to embody that that uh, ethos as well of just kind of well-roundedness and coming together and really exemplifying um, the magic that's in this bottle as well as we can. It, does it make you kind of proud, though, that you've been able to jumpstart a whole gin thing? I'm so proud of everybody in the, in the whole industry at the minute. Um, there's so many wonderful people um, coming up with the, these crazy cocktails and spearheading not only knowledge, but, um, you know, good practice. And, I mean, just, I mean, this industry affects everybody's lives on a day-to-day basis when they go and experience hospitality. And I'm so happy about how it's going at the minute. What is the competition like? Is it is it really, truly all, you know, joining arms and singing Kumbaya with your fellow competitors? Or, or is there, some, is there some, uh, some push and pull there? Nothing beats looking somebody in the eye who you meet at a, at a trade event and you mm-hmm. shake the hand and you just, you know exactly who they are. And you're like, cool, nice to see you, man. Like, we appreciate what you guys do. Because uh, yeah, it's it is a family. Obviously, there's there's you know you're always just kind of like you are, there's always competitors, but that's what makes life fun, right? That's not right. to say athletes aren't good friends. Well, that's a good point. It's yeah. a good way to good way to describe it. And the better I would guess those gens do, the better you're going to do because it's about expanding. It's particularly when the category is at the place where it is now, where it's you know wasn't one of the larger beverage categories, but now it's growing and expanding at a huge rate. So. I think the lost art of the martini is something that I really want to just see coming back a little bit. Being okay. a gentleman being able to make martinis properly. Um, and obviously using a wonderful product like Hendrix. Um, because it is it is more than just a liquid. So in our last moment here, uh, anything special that I need to know when I'm making a martini with uh, Hendrix Gin? I'd say experiment as much as you can. Okay. Use Hendrix Gin, a little bit of vermouth, and a, a little tip of mine. If you make mm-hmm. a little bit of salt water, just put one drop of that in there. A little bit of salt water. So mm, just perfect. And this is even if you're not making a dirty martini, right? 
Yeah, no, just absolutely, just a regular martini. Anything with dry vermouth, a little bit of, just a tiny, tiny little bit of salt. All right. Well, this, uh, I'm looking forward to trying this, and I'm really, I'm going to have some people over, and we're going to do the vodka martini versus gin martini, uh, you know, uh, drink down. And uh, when we do, I will, you have my word, I'll be using Hendrix. I look forward to seeing it on social media uh, somewhere. Mattis, this has been a great deal of fun. Thank you so much. I love the machine. If you're anywhere where he is out with this machine, you must see it work, and if you haven't taken a moment uh, to go to the website and uh, go to the Facebook page. We'll have this posted. It's a lot of fun to watch and uh, I really want one of these so uh, we'll talk. (laughs) It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you guys uh, for listening and we'll be right back. Thanks guys. Uh, to smoking and toasting, it's show number thirty-six, the hands-free gin and tonic contraption. Uh, that guy was so much fun. I had I had such a good time with him. We recorded that uh, last weekend. He was in uh, town in the Houston area because uh, Hendrix Gin and that contraption were going to be at a uh, spirits festival in uh, Sugarland. I, I am so sad that I was out of town so, when that happened. So, yeah, uh, but well, I'm glad you could. You could be there to take up the slack. Well, he will. Uh, he will return to the show. He wants to come back on and bring one of those other contraptions that he talked about, awesome. which are even bigger and more uh, onerous. I guess is <laughs> about the best way to describe it. Hey, um, I uh, thought this story was very interesting. On Sunday, uh, New York Giants linebacker Jonathan Casillas was vacationing in the De- uh, Dominican Republic, and he posted a photo to Instagram. And I have posted this story, including the photo. Uh, on the Smoking and Toasting Facebook page. But he's sitting on uh, an all-terrain vehicle, and he's got a real small cigar in his mouth, and it says, he captioned it, hand-rolled Dominican cigar and ATVs. Great combination. The problem is that the cigar is fairly small and looks like it could be one of those blunts that people hide pot in. Right, right. right? So um, he also uh, used these hashtags, Hashtag, I know it looks like a blunt, and hashtag, and I probably shouldn't have posted this. (laughs) (laughs) Want to guess what happened next? (laughs) He got a text from the NFL saying uh, he'd been randomly selected uh, for an off-season drug test. Right, randomly (laughs) selected. He's a defensive captain uh, for the Giants. By the way, he's never failed any drug test during eight NFL seasons with the Giants, Patriots, Buccaneers, and Saints. Uh, On Monday, uh, after the day after this, he posted an Instagram story that appeared to show him preparing for the drug test, and the caption read, for y'all that thought it was photoshopped, <laughs> so, so there you go. I thought that was an interesting, uh, interesting story. But uh, I like how they said uh, that it was randomly selected. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's just like how they kind of randomly select people out of the line at the, uh, <laughs> right. uh, you know, at the. Uh, uh, although it's better to be randomly selected out of the line than it is to be dragged off the plane, kicking and screaming, or not kicking and screaming. Yeah, right. As the case may be, that was boy. I wish I could have been in the airport to buy that man a beer after they dragged. That's him off so of crazy. Yeah, that was just that was just nuts. You guys know what we're talking about. It's been all over the news this week. So so crazy. Yeah, United Airlines, the worst airline in the world, and I stand by that. <laughs> I thought that before this uh, happened. So so let's talk beer. What do you got? Beer. This is the uh, Bohemia. This is the right? um, 
Well, this is from, from, from Bohemios. This is a crowler, by the way. Yeah. Just yeah, so you know. Yeah. Nice. I like um, it. So they fill this up, you know, from the tap there, mm-hmm. and you can take it home, which is a beautiful thing because then you get a big, beautiful beer from. And you get really like fresh, sort of from the tap beer yeah. if you drink it quickly. Uh, the enough, thing so. is, you know, once you open it, you're kind of committed, so you have to. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Go I am here for you, my friend. This was an interesting uh, beer, though. This was the uh, Lone Pint. Wallapalooza. Wallapalooza yeah. Ale. This uh, from Lone Pine Brewery says, The seasonal ale, also known as a graph, G-R-A-F, is made with a hefty amount of dark crystal malts and fermented with apple juice. Hmm. So the that taste... Seems unu- that seems That's unusual, It is right? very unusual, yeah. and it, it tastes very unusual. It's a tasting note, say, caramel and toffee offset with a nice apple tartness. Well, these guys at uh, Lone Pine Brewery, they really do know what they're doing. They yeah, are, they have a pretty good idea what's mm-hmm. going on, don't they? I've had two of their beers before today. Thanks. I was trying to leave you room for that uh, sound <laughs> of the crowler opening. I've had two of their beers before today. I've had the uh, the Lone Pint Yellow Rose, which I believe is my favorite beer in the world. And then I've also had uh, the 665, which is, um, uh, I think they call it the neighbor of the beast. I think oh, it's what they call I've it. I've seen that. I yeah. don't remember if yeah. I've tried that. It, it's good. I think I've tried that. It's good, but I, I was always disappointed when I had it because there's a restaurant that I go to. It was actually the first place I ever tasted a yellow rose. They had yellow rose on tap, and I loved it. And then they changed it for the 665, and I kept you know I kept telling them, guys, this is good, but yellow <laughs> but, rose, but yellow come rose on. So, so this is a darker beer. That's the first thing. Not that what I you'd expect when you think yeah. apple juice, right? This, so this it's, looks more like a... Uh, you know, even a barley wine color, or it's uh, got a maybe reddishness a, to it. Maybe like a Bach, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Mm. Well, first taste, I do get the apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do taste the, and I wouldn't think I would like an apple taste in my beer, but this is delicious. Well, this is the when we say apple, it's green apple taste. It's mm-hmm. got a little bit of tartness to mm-hmm. it. Um, not 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 enough to make it like like a Berliner Weiss or something like that. That right. kind of tart. It's got. Right. It's just not a little sour clean snap, tart, but it's yeah, just that little bitty. Right, and um, it's delicious, and it's got an apple flavor, and it's got a malty flavor, mm-hmm. and apple and malt apparently like each other. <laughs> I'm, I'm liking both of them at this point because this <laughs> is delicious, you know. Wow, um, and I get the, uh, the so you the, had this at the bar before you uh, before you got the can. This is my right? first full mouthful. What they gave me oh. was just a tiny little cup. With like a splash in it, and I tried it, and immediately just bought the crowler. Wow, that's great! So uh, I figured we'd have it on the show, but this is yeah. So this is the first like full mouthful of this I've had, and it's quite good. It's it's well, a little more carbonated than uh, I, I would have thought too from yes. the, from the style. I will say this: uh, Bohemios is um, it's a bar in the Houston area mm-hmm, on the and, East End, right? And one of your uh, kind of hangouts, right? Right, right. I go there uh, a couple times a week usually. We should connect with their best fish tacos ever. We should connect with their beer guy and get him on the show. Get him right, right. Because he would be a great. I'll talk to him obviously next time I go there. if he curated uh, a selection that included this. He would be a great guest. Well, the reason I didn't drink this while I was there is because I was drinking another fantastic beer while I was there, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I didn't have room for this. Wow. Well, this is really this is really exceptional, and I could, uh, I will, I will really enjoy helping you finish this crowler. Yes, <laughs> because it's really good. It's yeah, and it's it's just one of those things where it sounds well, it sounds kind of different. And this is Wallapalooza. And how do they describe Wallapalooza? It's a... It's a graph. A graph. G-R-A-F? Mm-hmm. Do we know what... I don't think I know what what style 
graph is other than the delicious style not entirely sure either i've heard of it but don't know it and like i said right off the thing seasonal ale Mm -hmm. made with a hefty amount of dark crystal malts fermented with apple juice you can really pick the malt and the apple juice out as the primary flavors yeah but it's i i don't if you were to describe it to me and this is what i'm thinking for people listening to the show I don't know if it would sound as good as it is. It really is good. It really is. <laughs> uh, so I'm huge thumbs up on this beer. Huge thumbs up. Now we're going to go ahead and bounce into another because we've only got this segment and one more uh, left. So you have two more beers, and I'm assuming you are saving the barley wine for the final segment. Yes. Yes, because yeah. I'm afraid if we try the barley wine, we're not going to be able to taste <laughs> this one. Yeah. <laughs> this so, is an American strong ale, so it should be a pretty big beer, but barley wines are huge. Now, know? where does this one come from? This is Ballantine, is that right? Ballantine Burton Ale, American it strong says, ale? It uh, P. Ballantine and Sons, uh, Cold Spring, Minnesota. Hmm. hmm. MN, that's Minnesota, right? Yes. So, uh, Ballantine uh, Burton Ale was first brewed in... Newark, in the 1930s, aged for up to 20 years in American oak, designated as a special brew. The beer was given as a gift to prestigious friends of the brewery, including the White House. We are excited to share the reincarnation of this rare brew, like the original. Our Burton Ale is sweet, strong, yet balanced with uh, balanced by a robust hopped character, true to the Ballantine name. The oak essence and notes of toasted vanilla make it the perfect holiday treat Season's greetings. Delicious. Sounds delicious. Right, right. Uh, let's hope it lives and up to it. You thought I couldn't read. <laughs> let's hope it uh, lives up to its promise because that, <laughs> that sounds great. Although uh, it has a tough act to follow. This uh, Wallapalooza is a fantastic. My wife beer. has been eyeballing these beers for days now. <laughs> I know. I've got one that I'm saving to bring in, and it just hasn't been the right uh, time yet. And uh, my wife keeps going into the closet where we have the stuff that's not in the refrigerator. And she keeps bringing it out. And going, no, 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 don't put that in there because I'm scared somebody will come over and drink it. It's one I'm totally saving for you. So, uh, for the <laughs> show. So, all right. So, excited about this. This is the uh, Burton Ale, the Burton Ballantine Ale. Burton Ale. It smells fantastic. Well, it smells almost um, a little bit of that sort of raisiny smell, yeah, like a barley yeah. wine. Yeah, almost like uh, a barley wine. Have, although it's it clearly more, lighter than that. It has more hop in it than you'd normally mm-hmm. smell in a barley wine. And they call this, what, an American strong ale? This is an ale? American strong ale, um, I'm not apparently sure aged in oak barrels. Mm-hmm. And it is So I'm guessing, wow. Good. It is, it is good. And it's, I would almost, although it isn't nearly as dark and not quite as molasses-ish, yeah. but I would almost put it in the barley wine it's, type. It's right next to it. category, yeah. <laughs> it's right next to yeah. it in flavor and consistency. Although the color, look at the color on this. is really It's a lighter well, so. color. It's even lighter than the uh, Wallapalooza in right. color. But, Lala, uh, the Wallapalooza was actually surprisingly dark. You mm-hmm. got over your uh, Palooza issue, by I, the way, pretty I, quickly. I did. It just, it, I wasn't going <laughs> to, you know. It was... Uh, it was the Palooza issue versus uh, Lone Pine Brewery, and I love Lone Pine Brewery. So. Yeah, this is just like uh, malt and raisin and kind of date flavors, mm-hmm. those darker kind of flavors, but balanced with a kind of a snappy oakness to the end. It will be finish. interesting to me in the next segment when we do uh, the actual barley wine style ale, right. how it compares to this. It's not quite as thick. Thick tasting. Does that does that this word make almost sense? finishes like a wine to me? Mm-hmm. Like just the the oaky dryness that it has mm-hmm. on the end. It almost finishes like a wine, and there's a little uh, tannic kind of snappiness to the end. Something in there like that too. 
I might I like just that. be making up words. A I don't tannic know. kind of snappiness. No, that's good. That's good. See, I knew you would be great on this Sometimes show. Sometimes I say things. <laughs> he came up with a tannic kind of snappiness. That absolutely works. Okay, so uh, coming up, we have one more to taste. We're going to be tasting this Dewclaw Hell on Wood mm-hmm. Barley Wine. So Excited that's about that going to be interesting. Plus, I think we'll uh, try to dive into, we've been... Uh, We've been dancing around this one uh, uh, for a little while. I think we may try to dive into a few more of the beers from the uh, top 25 essential craft beers that you must try yeah, and if, on Vine And if we have time afterwards, we can try that Mumford & Sons IPA. Yes. Well, we, you know, we've had trouble getting to that, but we'll, we'll see if we can get to it. always seems to get show. pushed off the last. It does We indeed. might have to start so a show with it's it. It's very Matt Damon-ish in that way. So, uh, so we'll be uh, back uh, for our final segment. And uh, thanks again to Mattias Horseman, by the way. And uh, next time he's here, he'll be on for the whole show and he'll taste beers and stuff with us. But because of the timing, we had to put that interview uh, together on Saturday. So, uh, All right. Stand by for the final segment. It's Smoking and Toasting show number 36. On the beach in Hawaii. Or Galveston. Galveston. Or Galveston. Yeah, it's, not, it's not Hawaii, but it is. it does have a beach. So speaking of which, I was in Galveston earlier this week. Yes. And uh, I used my Where to Smoke app. Oh, uh, that that app I think was put out by Cigar Aficionado. Yes, uh, and I love it's it. Brilliant! You, you're the one that recommended that I mm-hmm. put it on my phone, and I use it all the time. I, it's brilliant. So I get down to Galveston and I hit my Where to Smoke app, and it comes up with this place called Havana Alley. Okay. So I say, okay, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go buy a few cigars, mm-hmm. and then find a place that has beer, and I'm going to sit down and enjoy my cigars and my beer, and uh, and do whatever it's you know I'm doing while I'm waiting on uh, my cousin to show up. So uh, I walk into the place, and there's about three people in the place, two guys at the bar, one guy behind the bar, and some guy sitting in the lounge area. And I said, well, this place just solved two of my problems. And the guy turns around and goes, cigars and beer, huh? I was like, that's exactly <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you. I, I, sat there, uh, I sat there and had uh, that cigar that I reviewed earlier. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was all tempered with fantastic conversation. Um, uh, these uh, the, uh, the bar owner is a, is a vet. and. And he's got this uh, uh, a veteran that is not a veterinarian, right? So, <laughs> and he's got this great bar down there that apparently used to be a brothel. So they have the uh, the the area where you walk in is basically just looks like a bar kind of lounge area, which is nice uh, with a you know the traditional bar there. And then there's a humidor off to the side, and then there's an area on the other side that's the private. Uh, lounge, which I don't think is very expensive to join there. Um, I don't remember what all the prices were and everything, but I did get the tour. And apparently, it used to be a brothel. So there's, oh, you go down the hall and there's all these different rooms, rooms. which work great. Yeah. Like if you're if you're going to have a, a meeting or something like that, mm-hmm. you get a little sense of privacy there, you know. Of course, that's how it was designed. <laughs> that's exactly right. But it's <laughs> well, very nice, awesome. and they got a this great be, back patio and stuff this like be that. A great place to go and do a show, you know. And they said they're having an event on uh, Cinco de Mayo. They're going to have a few mm-hmm. of the uh, cigar reps there and some other stuff. So we oh, might, nice. might yeah, reach so, out. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's think seriously about that. I yeah, like I talked it. to Charlie, was the bar owner, and I talked to him, and um, and I told him I'd reach out to him. So hey, uh, Omission Brewing Company um, is making a craft light beer. They're not the first to do this, but I just really feel like there's not enough craft light beer out there. A lot of people haven't 
mm-hmm. tried that yes. very much. Omission Brewing, uh, these are the guys that did the gluten-free beer that came out a couple of years ago. Do you remember right. that? Yes, I did. Uh, so, so they are a legitimate craft brewery, but they kind of serve this sort of specialty market of people who need something that's just a little bit different. Now, I, I don't have a gluten issue. I got plenty of like allergies and stuff, as most people do, but I don't actually have a gluten issue. So I actually like to order uh, things sometimes and say, could I have extra gluten? Extra gluten. Yeah, but uh, but but gluten's not been an issue for me. But I have tried that gluten-free beer, and it's not bad. Oh, okay. I was afraid you were going to say you're actually allergic to anti-gluten. <laughs> no, that would be a terrible thing. That would be a terrible thing. Right. But, uh, but anyway, these are the guys. They're Omission, uh, Omission Brewing Company. I believe they're out of Portland. And Omission Ultimate Light Golden Ale is now a nationally available light craft beer. Uh, it does remove gluten, but it's light as well with just 99 calories and five carbs in a 12-ounce beer. I'm intrigued enough to try that because you have to think if you're going to make a beer that light, you have to be like a brilliant chef, so right. to speak. You have to really put it together well yeah. or it won't have flavor. Yeah, I mean, you really have to pare down what you're going to keep in I the mean, beer, you know, so I mean, you know, I'll give Michelob all the credit in the world for making a very light and very uh, low-carb and low-calorie beer in Michelob Ultra, I just can't taste it when I drink it. Yeah, right, right. You know, it, they did a good job on everything but the flavor. Right. And I understand how hard that must be. You know, I'm sure they would love to have that loaded with flavor. But, you know, once you're taking all that stuff out of it, it, it can be difficult. Well, a lot know? of the flavor goes with it. <laughs> well, so, uh, so here's what I'd like to do, and I think we may have talked about this a little last week. Ian, I want to put together a show in the not-too-distant future where you and I will do a blind light beer taste test. That sounds great to me. And what we'll do is we'll get a whole bunch of different light beers from the macro brands as well as whatever craft ones we can find. Mm-hmm. We'll have Bobby like pour them up for us and not tell us which one we're tasting. And we'll not only taste them, but we'll rank them into which ones we think taste the best. And then Bobby can reveal for us wh- you know, what we... What we that, said we liked and what we said I'm we didn't. I'm all over that. That sounds like a blast. Wouldn't that be great? Because yes. if I were just listening to the show, I would be totally into that. Because sometimes you're like, okay, I, I really got to cut back from a calorie perspective. Right. right. And like, how can I find a light beer that I actually enjoy? And I've had several. So uh, we'll make that part of the taste test, too. And it'll be interesting to see if we can kind of tell <laughs> what the brands are before, you know, without without being without it being revealed right that sounds like a blast okay so so that'll be coming up on a future show i'm gonna try to begin stockpiling now some light so i keep i keep looking over at your papers over there and i see this uh alesmith old numbskull Mm -hmm. barley wine which by the way i buy on a regular basis Uh, well this is uh, the paper you're looking at is the thing that i printed out from the vinecraft uh, website of the 25 essential craft beers now, you must I think try. we read five of these already, I right? think we did, All yeah. Right. And, <laughs> but we didn't read the Alesmith Old Numbskull. It's an American barley wine, and it's 11% ABV. It's badass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have not had that. You've had it, and I, you love it, right? Alesmith can do no wrong in my eyes anyway, I will uh, say, as a brewery. Yeah, I will say I've had uh, the one that comes after it on this list, which is the Allagash White Wit Beer uh, yes. from Allagash Brewery. Uh, that's a really nice Whit beer. Whit beer is not my favorite style, but I enjoy it sometimes. The sort of white uh, beers, and that's uh, that's a pretty good one. And they've also got Allagash Black 
on this. I have not had this, but this looks like something you might like, Ian. It's a Belgian-style stout. Uh, you had me a Belgian-style. 7.5% ABV. Uh, pretty pretty good. Bell's uh, made this with their Expedition Stout. I've had that. The Russian That's Imperial good. Stout. Right. That's at a good one. Ten point five ABV. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna really work hard to pronounce this next one correctly. Brower Eyinger. Can you that. pronounce that better than I did? Um, also <laughs> okay. just known as Eyinger, by the way. Eyinger. Okay. Well, well, what is the Browery? Browery Eying. Uh, Ianger. Uh, right. I'm not sure. The Celebrator is absolutely one of my favorite beers mm-hmm. ever, and it comes with a little dongle on each uh, bottle. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, I see the dongle in the yes, little picture yes, yes, here. Little... They say it's a full-bodied beer showing off notes of caramel toasted malt and mild notes of dark fruit. So have you had this one? Oh, yeah. Celebrator is oh, okay. right. awesome. Deliciously yes. complex and well-balanced beer with notes of root beer, black licorice, cinnamon plum, and dark roasted malt. Oh, yum. Comes in a four-pack. Look in the, uh, look in the uh, imports section. And finally, I want to share this one with you, and then we'll get the rest of this list in another time because we have one more taste test we got to do the cigar city guava grove farmhouse ale i have no idea what that is it's an award-winning brewery uh, that brews this i'm reading this from the article this award-winning brewery brews guava grove in tribute to tampa's fruity nickname which is cigar city guava i guess cigar city guava grove uh, it's brewed with a French strain of Saison yeast with a secondary fermentation on pink guava puree. With this beer, you'll experience some barnyard flavors, which doesn't necessarily sound that appetizing. Uh, carbonation, guava, of course, pepper, citrus, watermelon, clove, and wheat. Now, I'm not the world's biggest farmhouse ale guy, but that sounds like something I might try. I like farmhouse ales. Yeah, I'm going to pop this beer open since we're running a little low yes, on time. Yes, we're running low on time, and we got uh, – this is – okay, so this is – this is the big one from the end of the we say for the, the end of the Duke show. This is the Hell on Wood. And uh, I guess Hell on Wood instead of Hell on Wheels, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so, so do you know uh, anything about this or are we just going into this one just Brother totally sent blind? beer good. <laughs> that's <laughs> this, that's this what works. I got on this one. <laughs> uh, it, it, which which brother is this of yours? What's My brother Dave, uh, technically I guess brother-in-law, but we we, we we might as well be brothers. Dave, if you are listening to the show, I will continue to shame Ian <laughs> until he sends you Texas beer. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, you can you can contact me at the show because if he goes more than like let's say three weeks without sending you something, <laughs> I'll send you some Texas beer to make up for my you know partner <laughs> for, here. For my, that's not for to, my inadequacies. You yeah. know I'm getting you know I'm getting a call tomorrow, right? <laughs> uh, I'm happy about it because that means at least one person will be listening to the show. So. <laughs> okay, so, so so now so Dave likes big beers as well, and this one is uh. Let's see. This one is thirteen point one percent. Holy moly! No wonder we waited till the last. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> you had to. And this so, smells just like a barley wine. It's, well, I am really curious. It looks to, just like a barley wine. I'm really this is curious exactly. as to how this tastes after we've had the Ballantine Burton Ale because that was very barley wine ish. Mm-hmm. So uh, you leave it to Ian. So you leave it to me. I bring all IPAs. Leave it to Ian. It's all barley wines. Yes, so. and nothing under like eight percent. This is. <laughs> This is delicious. Mm. This has that thick barley wow, wine mouthfeel to it, though. Yes. That, uh, okay, so that's what the Ballantine did not have. Right, right. Was the thickness. It had some of the flavor. Right. But so not this necessarily is, that this is less, viscosity. Less carbonation. 
and uh, more sweetness. Very much more round sweetness in the middle of it. Lots of raisin and date flavors. Yeah, we're we're running big uh, malty stuff. We're running low on time on on the show. Raisin, date. Uh, anything else you're pulling out of there? Toffee, honey, honey, maybe mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's delicious. Mm. Um, always drink this. That is my recommendation. <laughs> like this, I, I this like is that. amazing. I like that. So you're showing it to the camera. <laughs> always so. drink this. Well, this is really good. Now, uh, I scheduled to appear uh, on next week's show, and not to be confused with the uh, Yellow Rose IPA from Lone Pint, which I love. There is a, a distillery in the greater Houston area that does um, that does whiskey, and they are the Yellow Rose Distillery. I have tried this. And they are scheduled to join us next That's week exciting. and bring yeah. some of their whiskey. So really, really stoked about that. Also, in the very near future, uh, the Elite Mobile Cigar Lounge guys will join us, and we will do a show live from the Elite Mobile Cigar Lounge. That is Lounge. so cool. Yeah, so really, really <laughs> like, stoked so about cool. that and looking forward to that. And there's a man, we have so many great things uh, scheduled in the next month or so for the show, so we're really, really excited. Help us spread the word, let people know the show is on and it's free and all that good Smoking stuff. Smoking and toasting. We're just a couple of guys that like cigars and beer and spirits. That's what it's That's all right. about. Have a great week, my friends. We love you all, and we'll see you again uh, a week from today for show number 37. Cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Ra- Ra- Radio Brave.